Hi folks and welcome to episode 25 of the 59th Minute FPL podcast. I'm the FPL General recording on Friday the 25th of January. So we've got an FA Cup weekend coming up and then we've got a midweek midweek game week 24 Tuesday and Wednesday. So we're going to look ahead to that. Going to be a usual format this week. I've got a, got a special shout out to start with. Then a bit of a, re, a game week 23 review update my watch list, take a couple of questions from the Twitter community uh, and then talk about captaincy and transfers for Game Week 24. So to, st- to start things off, uh, a big shout out to Glenn Murray of Brighton who who was substituted in the 59th minute in Game Week 23. Now that's his second 59th minute appearance of the season. So he joins his teammate Pascal Gross in the race to the the first player to get a hat-trick of, of 59th minute appearances this season. So Chris Hutton again showing that he, he loves a 59th minute substitution. So it's going to be interesting to see now who wins that race. Will it be Gross or will it be Glenn Murray um, this season? I need, I need to actually ha- go and have a look through all the Brighton players and tally up how many 59 minute appearances there are in total because Chris Hutton does seem to be the guy who likes them most. So well done to Glenn Murray. Or not, or not so well done, depending on how you want to look at that one. So game week 23 review for me. I had a good game week for a change. So I've, I've arrested the slide, got myself a green arrow. Uh, I, went, I went into the game week on, with a minus four. So I made three transfers. So I got burned by bringing in Alexander-Arnold early in place of Alonso. But then I, the two other transfers I did worked out well. So I brought in Salah and captained him for 30 points and I brought in Rashford for his for his 8 points and I sold Harry Kane who obviously got 0 and Roberto Perea who got 3 so that that was a minus 4 that worked out pretty well um, you know Sal obviously hurt me over the Christmas period and I probably should have got him back in sooner but you know good to have him back in now and it's just going to be auto-captain Salah for the next couple of weeks uh, and try and make gains elsewhere so it was 75 points, with so with the minus 4 it was 71. That gave me a green arrow from 270k to 230k. So a, 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 you know, a healthy green arrow and, and hopefully I can build on that now in the coming game weeks. Positives, first of all, obviously Salah captain. Uh, Sane as well, 30 points in the last three game weeks for Sane. For me, so glad I've held on to him. So I, I brought in Sani and Sterling just before Christmas, and and I'm glad I've held on to Sani uh, during this period. He's, he's been great, great value. Pogba and Rashford, who most people have, uh, delivering the goods again. Jimenez again just continues to be great value, and Robertson as well continued his his uh, with another five points. So every every appearance Robertson has against the non top six, he's delivered. At least five points, which is just uh, superb this season. So he's he's nailed on in my team until for the rest of the season. I think he's the most expensive defender now, around six point seven million. So it's not that easy to get him in as it was earlier. And I'm just glad I've had him, you know, for for quite a while now. Plenty of negatives as well, uh, despite the good game week. Hazard blanking again. Richarlison blanking for the fourth week running. So. Patience is wearing very thin with Richarlison. I'll talk about him a little bit later because there's a question on him. Uh, Matt Doherty getting benched was frustrating as well, but Wolves didn't keep a clean sheet anyway. But you would have fancied him possibly for some attacking returns with Wolves scoring four goals. So 
Hopefully he comes right back into the team. There were some rumours on social media that it was his partner uh, gave birth the night before the game. You know, I'm not sure if that's true or not. There was talk that he just didn't get any sleep, which would explain why he was on the bench. So hopefully that is the case and he comes right back in. I felt that the guy Vinagre didn't have a great game, so I would expect Johnny to go back to left wing back and Doherty to come come back in at right wing back in midweek. So hopefully, hopefully that is the case. Fabianski again, no clean sheet, but you know you don't expect clean sheets from him every week. Yeah, I'm I'm still happy to continue with Fabianski as a set and forget goalkeeper, so I'm not really worried about that. It's a it's a low priority. Goalkeeper is always a low priority. Uh, position for me when it comes to transfer so I've got a lot of other issues that need to be dealt with first uh, Alexander Arnold obviously didn't play but I'm happy just to hold on to him and hopefully he's back sooner rather than later it would be great if he comes back in, in midweek against Leicester um, but he should definitely be back then the weekend so again I'm, I'm in no rush to get rid of him I'm going to want him when he's fit again anyway so I'm happy just to bench him Another problem I have is Kamara. So brought him in at the wrong time, just before he decides to go off the rails. Looks like he's just going to be a, you know, he, it doesn't look like he's going to play for Fulham again. I think he's been suspended now. Talk that he was arrested. So absolutely nightmare bringing him in just before that happened. But these nothing you can do about these things. And I've got Balbuena as well, who is another problem I need to deal with. So. At the moment, I'm sitting on Alexander-Arnold, Kamara and Balbuena, three injured or AWOL players. So that's the positive and negatives from game week 23. So watched quite a few games at the weekend and I recorded a few and watched them during the week this week as well. So I've updated my watch list, haven't done so. So I'm going to talk about a few players I've added and a few players that I've removed First player I've added is Benjamin Mendy. He made an appearance in the EFL Cup for, for City, so he's getting back to fitness. I'm not in a rush to get him back in because we've seen with KDB this season, they tend to be eased back in. And I would expect that with Mendy as well. I don't expect him to come back in now and play every Premier League game. So it's a it's a wait and see and it's a watch list for Mendy. Now, going back to when he was playing this season, he played nine games and he got six assists. And he got four clean sheets. So Mendy was a great option before he got injured. He's dropped now to 6.1 million. So he's it's easy to get to him. Maybe from someone like Alonso. Um, if, you, if you've lost patience with Alonso. Um, a point on Alonso. I watched that Chelsea game last night against uh, Spurs. And the guy Emerson had a great game at left back. So I would expect him to get some game time in the Premier League. Um, sooner rather than later. So... I know Chelsea fans have been calling for that for quite a while, um, but it was the first time I've seen Emerson put in a really, really good performance, so question marks over Alonso's starts now. So Mendy, you know, I'll give him a few weeks, but if he starts getting 90 minutes regularly, definitely someone I'll be looking at bringing in. The next player I've added is Diogo Jota from Wolves. So a player I owned, for, I think I owned him for the first three game weeks. Possibly it was just the first two game weeks and he was very disappointing. Um, Hat-trick at the weekend, you know, to catch everyone's attention. Um, Passed the eye test with flying colours. Five big chances in that game. You know, that caught my eye when I was looking at the stats. I don't think I've... I don't remember seeing a player having five big chances in a game this season. I think Jonah might be the first one. I'm probably wrong on that. But 
but that definitely stood out uh, looking at the stats for midfielders from game week 23 and it's it's not it's not just a flash in the pan with Jota you know before in his in his last five appearances he's got two, uh, five goals and two assists and you know going back to last season the reason why we had him in our game week one teams I think he scored 17 goals for Wolves last season I think he, he was probably the, their top goal scorer in the championship um, and looking back on his on his early career as well he's got good stats from his previous clubs and I was surprised to see that he was only 22 years old um, so he's a I think he's a great option he's on my watch list and I'm, I'm actually very tempted to get rid of Charleston to bring him in now a lot of people are asking you know should we double up with Jimenez um, a lot of people already have Doherty as well or maybe Bennett or Patricio so people are quite wary of doubling up on or, or people are wary of tripling up on Wolves but for me I don't see it as an issue uh, Wolves have great fixtures coming up they've got West Ham, Everton, Newcastle, Bournemouth and Huddersfield in the next five um, and I, I don't really see an issue you know getting Jota in if you ha- I don't think owning Jimenez should stop you from getting Jota because I don't really you know I don't really see it see them having an impact on each other if anything they could link up very well which they did at the weekend and both could deliver points so you know I wouldn't let owning Jimenez put you off getting Jota and it's definitely something I'm thinking about another midfielder who has caught my eye is James Ward-Prowse at Southampton he's priced at 5 million he seems to be a favourite of uh, Hasenhutl. Uh, he's played 90 minutes in the last four games, which is which is more minutes that he's got in, at, at any, any stage this season. Um, and he's he's picked up two goals in in his last four. Uh, yeah, back to back goals. And another stat that caught my eye as well: ten chances created in the last four game weeks. We know he's excellent from set pieces. He takes corners. He takes direct free kicks. And if Ings is not on the pitch, there's a very good chance that he'll be the penalty taker as well. So James Ward-Prowse, very, very interesting option. And I think I prefer him to Redmond at the moment. Redmond's 5.2. Um, but I think I just prefer Ward-Prowse for the set pieces. Uh, you know, And he's creating a lot of chances. I've seen an interesting tweet in the last couple of days as well. It was from one of the guys at Statsbomb. Uh, who who mentioned that Pascal Gross, you know, caught their attention while he was at Ingolstadt, uh, who were managed by Hasenhutl at the time. So they're they're suggesting that WordPress could could uh, you know do very well over the coming weeks with set pieces and, and chance creation. So definitely someone to to keep an eye on. Yeah, Southampton's fixtures are okay. They've got Palace, Burnley, Cardiff, Arsenal, and Fulham. So. It's a good as time a good a time as any to get on the Southampton assets, and I've been very impressed by them under the new manager, and I expect them to to claw themselves away from the relegation dogfight over the coming weeks. So, definitely JWP, someone to keep an eye on. I mentioned Pascal Gross um, there when I was talking about WordPress. He's someone I've added to the watch list this week as well. You know, he was he was an excellent option last season. Scored seven goals and got eight assists. Now he's only got two goals and one assist this season, and he's and he's more expensive, obviously, than he was last season. He's six point seven at the moment. Uh, I probably do prefer the likes of Jota and Ward Prowse, but Gross is is another option for people looking for a differential. Brighton again, another side who have good fixtures. 
um, Fulham, Watford, Burnley. But it's worth noting they will they will blank in in game week twenty seven. Um, so that'll probably be enough to put people off Pascal Gross. But I just wanted to throw him in there because he he has he started to pick up form. I think he's got a goal and an assist in the last three games, and he's you know I mentioned him when I was giving the shout outs. He's got a couple of fifty nine minute shout outs this season, but recently he's he's been playing at least eighty minutes in most games. So. Um, Again, he's another player who could be could, could be on penalties if, if Glenn Murray's not on the pitch. So definitely another one to throw into the mix when it comes to midfielders. But as I say, I think Jota is the one I'm most interested in. I'd probably put Ward Prowse second then and Gross would probably come in third. A goalkeeper now who is an option for people who want a new goalkeeper. Tom Heaton has played the last four games for Burnley and it's no surprise that they're uh, defensive stats have improved since he's gone back in there. I think he's a you know he's a better goalkeeper than Joe Hart, and he organises def- defence better. Uh, 4.8 million, two clean sheets in the last four, and he's also picked up bonus points in those two games as well, where he picked up the clean sheet. So he's an option as a set and forget goalkeeper. There is always the worry about Hart and Pope. I don't think there's any worry about Joe Hart at the moment. It's it's probably more Pope who had a very good season last season. Um, you know, Burnley goalkeepers have always been great options. We had two great seasons from Tom Heaton, then we had a great season from Nick Pope last season, which I benefited from. So I'm always, you know, warm on the idea of uh, Burnley goalkeepers, and they seem to have turned the corner now after a very tough first half of the season. Um, so definitely one to consider if you're looking for a new goalkeeper, Tom Heaton. Just going to briefly mention now a few players that I've removed from my watch list this week. Uh, Pedro and Willian are both gone, mainly just because of Chelsea's form you know, um, and the fact now that Higuain has come in as well. So I, I would expect Hazard to move back to the left and that you know that's one less midfield spot uh, for Pedro and Willian. So we could see them competing for places now. Um, so I'm not interested in Pedro and William just because there's question marks over their game time and Chelsea haven't been pulling up any trees. So Hazard is I own Hazard and I'm keeping Hazard. Um and, and Iguain is, is going to be on my watch list now as well. Him, but I'm gonna wait and see how he how he settles in. There's there's no guarantee that he starts midweek. Um, especially when he missed the, the game last night. So it'll be interesting to see how he settles into the Premier League. Obviously, he's a proven goal scorer, which I always like. I think he's got, you know, across Europe over the last couple of seasons, he's right up there with the best. Um, and 9.5 is a, is a very good price. It's cheaper than I expected him to be. So that's going to entice a lot of people in. But for me, it's just a wait and see. Aguero's another player I've removed. Again, it's just competition with Jesus. We can never predict what Pep is going to do. I want my players to play every week, so I'm not interested in Aguero anymore. Mitrovic, no longer on my watch list because he's a nutcase. You know, watching that Fulham Spurs game, he's liable to get sent off any given week. So, loves a yellow card, loves wrestling players while he's on the pitch. So, and again, you know, Fulham are just pretty awful. So, Mitrovic has scored, he's only scored one goal probably in the last, probably around 10 or 11 games now, so... Doesn't justify bringing him in. The final player I've removed from the watch list this week is Felipe Anderson, a player who's had an excellent season. Um, I've never owned him, and he's been on my watch list, watch list for quite a while now, but he's got five blanks in the last six games, 
and those kind of stats are not someone I want to pay 7.3 million for so he's gone and I think anyone who owns him similar to me with Richarlison are going to be thinking about moving him on so that's the watch list covered I'm going to move on now to tackle a couple of questions from Twitter a lot of the questions this week were about blanks and double game weeks um which is to be expected at this time of year. A lot of people are speculating what's going to happen. There's talk that there could be a double game week in 25. You know, Chelsea and Man City could potentially have double game weeks there. But we, the long and short of it is we don't know yet. So I'm not going to tackle questions that we don't know yet. You know, hopefully by the deadline on Tuesday, we'll have more information about what's going to happen with those uh, game week 27 fixtures that need to be rearranged. So that's... Yeah, I think it's Chelsea and Brighton and Man City, Everton. So they could be in double game week 25, but they could be later in the season as well, you know, after game week 27. So we just don't know. So the key to that is just hold your transfers this week. Do not make transfers until Monday, Tuesday, because we're going to hopefully have more information by the time Tuesday rolls around. And if you make a transfer now, things could very quickly change the FPL landscape landscape can change regarding fixtures and you'll regret making an early move so if ever there was a game week this season to be patient it's this one so just you know forget about FPL for a couple of days come back Monday Tuesday and see see where we're at and see what the situation is um yeah so that that's the main takeaway from this podcast be patient you know don't make transfers until Monday or Tuesday until we have more information so I've picked out four questions here that cover some of the main topics. The first one came in from FPL Logic, um, and it's a question I'm asking my, asking myself this week. Should we hold on to Richarlison after four blanks in a row? So I'm getting very impatient with Richarlison. Um, I've got a lot of issues to deal with, the likes of Balbuena, Kamara. You know, TAA is a slight worry as well, so... I've got other fires to fight, but I think if I didn't have other fires to fight, I would be very tempted just to move Richarlison to Jota this week. Now, people will argue uh, Richarlison has a great fixture, Huddersfield this weekend, um, so you know, it might not be the best time to, to, to move him on. But you know, looking at his stats and things, and just the eye test in recent weeks, he really he really is failing all of those things. You know, uh, I think he only had one touch in the penalty area at the weekend, subbed off on 65 minutes you know compare that to Jota Jota had 10 penalty area touches at the weekend um, so it's it's you know Richarlison has gone off the boil completely and I, the other thing I don't like about Richarlison is Everton I don't really like Everton this season it, they're just they're, they're definitely underperforming you know when I watch them they, they never convince me that they're going to score you know 3-4 goals uh, which we've possibly associated with Marco Silva teams in the past you know they've been really poor recently and that's another reason why I don't like Richarlison anymore. But more than likely, I'm going to keep him uh, for Huddersfield just because I've got other fires to fight. But I think for anyone who doesn't have other issues, there's logic to just to, to, to shipping Richarlison and just being done with him because it doesn't look good. You know, his body language and things like that, it, it just doesn't look good. Next question was from FPL Governor. If Higuain begins scoring regularly... Um, should we double up with Hazard? 
So I've mentioned that I'm probably going to wait and see with, with Higuain. And, and one of the main reasons for that is I, I, I want to bank a transfer this week. I want to carry two into game week 25 just in case there is the a double game week for Chelsea or City or, or possibly even both. Um, but I do expect Higuain to hit the ground running. And I think, you know, I, I'm going to wait and see because of my situation. But I think those who, you know, take a chance on him and bring him in for Bournemouth this week, um, it's Bournemouth this week and then it's Huddersfield so you know I, I was listening to Nick Triggerlips uh, his podcast yesterday and then you know he made a good point about you know sometimes patience you know you can miss out on points by being patient so Nick Nick's example was you know he got Rashford in right away when Solskjaer took over and a lot of people did the same with Pogba you know you know people like me were saying you know just wait and see how they perform under the new manager that's usually the way I approach things but there's definitely, you know, gains can be made by, you know, taking a taking a chance and moving early, uh, and that could definitely be the case with Higuain, because you know I do I do expect him to start against Bournemouth, and you know it's Bournemouth and Huddersfield in his first two games, and you know you can't you can't really ask for two better fixtures, um, you know to get off the get off the ground in the Premier League. So, you know if if you if you're in a situation where you don't have any other issues in your team and you've got an easy move to Higuain you know if you've got a striker that you're unhappy with and you've got a free transfer and you've got cash you know I wouldn't rule out getting Higuain in this week for the, for the Bournemouth game so the question is would I double up on Hazard and Higuain if Higuain starts scoring I would have no problem doing that because if Higuain, if Higuain starts scoring it means Chelsea are scoring and it probably means Hazard is you know getting assists as well and hopefully scoring himself so Hopefully Iguain can galvanise the Chelsea attack and improve things for Hazard. And if things improve for Hazard, I'll definitely be looking at, at Iguain as well. Next question was from Paul Whitehouse. Uh, what are my plans for Kamara? Um, my plans are to, to you know head down to London, uh, find him, and, and give him a good shake. But no, but you know, it, it was very, very unlucky. Bad timing. Uh, I think Paul, you might have brought him in around the same time as me. Um, you know, brought him in the week before he he, he goes he goes berserk and you know gets suspended by the club now. But my own plans for Kamara again, it's it's kind of like the goalkeeper. It's a low priority. Um, I'm probably just going to keep him for a few weeks as a you know a dud third sub and maybe you know I'd, I'd probably move uh, Balbuena out before I move Kamara out um, and then that, that you know if I move Balbuena out and once TAA comes back I'll have two playing subs then and you know I can probably survive with two playing subs for for a while anyway and just just leave Kamara because there's no real replacements for him unless you upgrade so I won't be upgrading until that chance uh, comes around but I'm, I'm in a 3-5-2 formation now so I'm quite happy just to leave Kamara as a, as a third sub Last question I'll tackle this week is from Luis Lopez. So, you know, I said I wouldn't talk about uh, possible double game weeks and things like that, but I do want to answer this one because Luis asked me if Chelsea do have a double game week 25, which would, which would be against Brighton and Huddersfield, would I consider triple captain and Eden Hazard? Now, people who follow me on social media will know my history with Hazard. He trolled me massively last season. Um, and I've owned him this season since game week five. So I've I've had had a pretty good season with Hazard this season. Obviously, he's trolled most of us recently, 
but I've I've still got a lot of faith in Hazard, you know, for the rest of the season. And you know, I haven't really talked about uh, my chip plans or strategies or anything on podcast yet, mainly because we don't have the information needed to finalize a strategy. Um, an upcoming podcast I will be doing so once we have that information. But my initial plans, without having given it too much thought yet, is uh, I'd probably be free hitting in the first double game week this season. And then I'll probably be bench boosting in the, the later double game week. Um, so that leaves triple captaincy then for the third double game week, which we don't know when that will be yet. And that's that's where we're thinking there could be one in game week 25 for Chelsea and possibly City as well. And I just think if Chelsea are in a double game week against Brighton and Huddersfield, I don't, I, I just, I can't look past Hazard for triple captaincy this season. The good thing about a double game week early in the season as well is there's less likely rotation. Um, and Hazard's a player who doesn't tend to get rotated as much as players from the likes of City and even Liverpool as well. So, w- what we've seen in recent, in, you know, previous seasons is when we triple captain, you know, say game week 37 or game week 34. You often, you know, only get a game or a game and a half out of your triple captain because they get rotated. Um, I think we've seen that with Harry Kane last season, but I think it was down to illness. I think he had a, had a flu, and he, and he only played. I think he might only played one of the games last season, or, or you know, very little of the second one. So, I, I'm I'm licking my lips at the potential for a double Chelsea game week in 25 because that is most likely where I will play my triple captainship this season. Um, you know it'll be interesting if if he if Higuain comes in and scores against Bournemouth, you know he's he'll be another option as as a triple captain, um, and you know he'll, he'll be a differential because not a lot of people will own him. So I, I definitely like the idea of of triple captain Hazard double game with twenty five. If that happens now, my my gut feeling is that that won't happen because to me there's not it's, it doesn't give the fans much notice. Um, you know, people who've made travel pra- who need to make travel plans and who have made travel plans and policing and all that kind of thing. But it could happen, and hopefully, we'll know in the next couple of days if that's going to happen. And definitely, Hazard triple captain is definitely on my mind. So that is some of the questions covered. Uh, moving on now to game week twenty four, captaincy and transfer. So captaincy, first of all, um, I put up a poll today on Twitter, and I just put up. Uh, uh, Salah and Aubameyang because to me they're the two standard options this week uh, Salah plays Leicester at home and Aubameyang has got Cardiff at home so I think Salah got about 70% of the vote so that tells you all you need to know for me I brought in Salah just last game week with a view to captaining him for the next four game weeks so that was you know captaining him last week and captaining him for the next three game weeks and I'm, I'm going to stick to that plan it's auto-captain Salah for me for the next few weeks. I think anyone who owns a Bamiang, you've got to give him serious consideration against Cardiff this week. Um, yes, he's been very frustrating recently, but Arsenal could easily score four or five goals against Cardiff. So I think a is definitely one to consider. Um, it's a very tough decision if you've got Salah and a Bamiang. Uh, I'm kind of happy that I don't have both this week because that is a tough one. The other options that people will be considering, Hazard against Bournemouth, but... You know, it's very hard to captain Hazard after what he's done in recent weeks. He did look a lot better in the cup last night, you know, got himself on the score sheet. I, you know, expect his points to improve now, playing back in his favourite position. Man City play Newcastle away. Sterling and Sané are always captaincy options. There's always the risk of rotation. Uh, United play Burnley. 
this weekend. Uh, Pogba and Rashford are options as well for anyone who wants to go that way. But for me, it's it's not one to overthink. It's Mo Salah against Leicester. Leicester were absolutely atrocious defensively against Wolves. Um, Maguire picked up an injury in that game, so if, if he's out, they're going to be even weaker defensively. So if Wes Morgan is playing in a defence against Mo Salah, it's going to be Mo Captain Salah all day for me. My transfers for midweek now again haven't given them any thought really because we just have to wait until Monday or Tuesday this week for uh, information about possible uh, doubles and blanks. Most likely, I'll uh, bank the transfer. Looking at my team for for midweek, it looks fine without having to make any transfers. It would probably mean you know if if, if Trent is not back, he'll probably be on the bench alongside Balbuena and. Uh, Kamara, so you know I'd be down to the bare bones of eleven. But looking at the players in my side, I would expect all eleven to play. The other option would be, you know, to to avoid the risk of, you know, fielding ten players, just get rid of Balbuena and get Bednarak in, which frees up a bit of cash as well. So, if somebody like Doherty, uh, Robertson, or Juan Bissaka missed out, at least then I would have Bednarak coming in. So. That is that will probably be my transfer if I do make a transfer. The other temptation which I can't shake from my mind is Jota. I would really like to get him in for Richardson, even though Richardson has a good fixture. You know, I, I I'm I'm kind of done with him. I think, um, and I and, and I would like to do that move this week. But I think the smarter play is probably to hold, you know, either you know bank the transfer or you know take out that weak link in Balbuena and, and get in a player. So. That's where I'm at in my early thoughts. As I say, it's only Friday. Um, lots can change between now and Tuesday. Um, before you do make any of your transfers uh, for Game Week 24, be sure to check out the iTest podcast I did last week. So they're around you know, five to ten minutes long. Um, iTest podcast from Game Week 23. So I did one for Wolves Leicester, one for Arsenal Chelsea, and I did one this week as well for Fulham and Spurs. So check those out. Something else I want to mention as well, you've probably seen a couple of tweets about it. I, From time to time, I do the Match of the Day Challenge, uh, which is where you avoid all the results, all the team news. You just avoid everything FPL-wise. You, know, you delete all the apps from your phone. So you, so you don't know what's happening in the Premier League, basically. And then you sit down and you watch the highlights live without knowing anything, uh, which, is, which is a very exciting way to watch Match of the Day. But the main reason I do that is because it takes the stress out of the Saturday. So... FPL can be very stressful if you're following the results in real time, and you know if you just switch everything off, um, you can just go about your day and you know spend time with family and friends and just forget about FPL and just enjoy your weekend, um, and then condense the stress into you know an hour and a half of, of television, which is it can be painful as well, but it's better than you know stressing all day long. And um, so there's there was a good tweet by the the caretaker, FPL caretaker, I think his Twitter handle is. Um, about he he did the match of the day challenge last week and he was just saying how enjoyable he had how much more enjoyable his weekend was when he you know took a step back from technology and the Premier League and FPL. Um, so I retweeted that and I was thinking we could all you know anyone who wants to try it you know I'm sure a lot of people have never done it before. So game week twenty five, um, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it myself in game week twenty five. So sat so that's you know Saturday next Saturday. Um, so you just. Once the transfer deadline passes, there's nothing you can do about your team. So, you know, you delete all your apps or you just switch off your phone for the day. Um, 
and then you watch match of the day at, at half past ten at night or whatever time it is, you know, wherever you are, um, and you just you know you, you you know you just forget about the Premier League for that Saturday. Uh, you forget about FPL and you just have it. You know, have a good day with family, friends, whatever it is. So, anyone who wants to do that, I'll, I'll do a mo- few more tweets about it. Obviously, closer to the time, but it, but it's highly recommended, and you'd be surprised, you know, how how enjoyable it can be, especially if you have a good, you know, if FPL goes well for you. Um, it's it's very enjoyable to watch the games and kind of tally up your points as as uh, match of day is unfolding. Um, so I'll probably do it for the Saturday. It's a big challenge to do Saturday and Sunday all in one because it's very hard to avoid results for two days, um, you know, on TV and, and phones and things like that. So I, I'd probably just do Saturday, uh, game week 25. Um, and, you know, anyone who wants to try it this week, it's, it's actually easier to do it midweek because, for example, Tuesday night, um, you can just... You know, switch off your phone for three hours and then watch the highlights afterwards. Um, the the issue in the UK with that is usually match of the day is not on until Wednesday when there's you know games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'd probably sit down and watch the games Tuesday and Wednesday night instead. Last thing I'll say before I finish is if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoy my FPL content, content, um, you can support me on Patreon. Um, so as most people know I do this fantasy stuff full time so Patreon is my main source of income this year and any support there is appreciated no matter how you know big or small it is and there's a lot of benefits on my Patreon page as well which you'll find at patreon.com forward slash FPL general I'll be doing a live stream this Sunday night uh, a one hour YouTube live stream for my patrons Um, so you can sign up to Patreon to check that one out on our Slack channel as well which you get access to at the four dollar or six dollar tier, uh, we've we've created a designated blank and double game week channel now. So we'll be navigating all of that, you know, for the rest of the season together to hopefully try and get the best out of it. So the 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 aim of our Slack channel is that everyone in there, you know, achieves their best ever season in FPL, and a lot of people are on course to do that. We've got a mini league. There's about a, about two, just over two hundred people in our mini league, um, and I was looking at it this week. Five people are in the top 1k, 75 patrons are in the top 50k, and 101 patrons are in the top 100k. So I'd like to thank, you know, the Patreon offering, you know, the Patreon podcast, the Patreon live streams, the Slack channel. That is playing a big part in, in those patrons doing well. So if you want to check that out, as I said, you'll find the link on my Twitter account, at FPL General. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks as always for listening and you know all the likes, shares, retweets, thumbs up, uh, iTunes reviews, they're all much appreciated. Helps me get the podcast out there a bit more. Um, great numbers in the last few weeks. I'm very close to hitting 10,000 listeners which which still just uh, blows me away. I, I find it very hard to believe that you know 10,000 people listen to me, you know, get my thoughts just you know share my thoughts on fpl but much appreciated thanks thanks to everyone who listens and shares the pod enjoy your weekend hold off on those transfers and I'll, i think so next week we've got a midweek and then we've got weekend fixtures again so i will try and squeeze a podcast in on thursday next week you know between 24 and 25 talk to you all soon folks